Well, hey, thanks for taking the opportunity to watch this video and uh, these introductions that we've been doing have been a lot of fun, really special. Um, and for me, they've been cool because it's been my opportunity to introduce my friends to my friends. And uh, this week's is no exception. My junior year of college, I moved from one part of a dorm to the other. And I was at Central Bible College and I I moved uh, probably what was the equivalent of probably about 20 feet, right? Just straight down into uh, uh, the floor that's called Horton Ground. And I made some friends that that school year that have had a lifelong influence on me. And I'm so thankful for. And uh, one of those is Scotty Gibbons. And uh, Scotty, so glad, honored that you would join us here, man. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Chad. Man, I'm so excited to be with you. Just great to catch up with you. Dude, that was a long time ago. And uh, I've, I've still got a lot of memories of uh, conversations that happened in the dorm and a lot of laughs and, and good times and, and then uh, just opportunities, honestly, that, that uh, you opened up for me in ministry during that season of time that were really influential. And so, man, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to do this. How, how about this? Let's, let's do this. If you had to tell your life story in, in three minutes, uh, what, what would that sound like? In three minutes, I'd probably uh, take a swing by uh, starting with birth in Jackson, Mississippi, and lived there till I was 16. My family moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I should say before the move, I was actually 14 when I truly surrendered my life to Christ, so raised in a, in a Christian home in terms of when it's convenient to go to church, we would, believed in God, but at 14, God really captured my heart. And so uh, that, that, was, that was the uh, climax of my story. And so then moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, my junior year of high school, and then I went from there to Springfield, Missouri, where ultimately I would get to meet the man, Pastor Chad Gilligan. And uh, so finished up school there while, while in school, went on staff at a church as a youth pastor. And uh, today I am lead pastor at a church in Oklahoma City, married to my best friend, my bride, Casey, and we have six children, five little girls, and my son, Jordan. So five girls and a boy, and I don't know how long that took, but that was my best shot at a summary. Man, that was awesome. That was great. So you, you mentioned uh, serving as a youth pastor in Springfield, Missouri. That was, that was not a short-term stint for you, was it? It wasn't. No, I, I summed that one up pretty quickly. That was a 20-year run. Yeah, but that was that was a season. Not only were we in the same dorm, but I remember, um, you know, a couple of things. I remember when you were starting the youth ministry, you were desperate. And I remember you saying, dude, you play the guitar, don't you? And uh, <laughs> being able to, man, just kind of try to help to lead some worship. And I, I've looked back at that so many times and it's like, Thanks for not having the courage to fire me, which you oh probably my goodness. Hey, here, here's a picture for you. I would, I would <laughs> equate that to being in a foreign country where you don't know where you're going, you don't know the language, and you stumble onto someone who can translate for you, and they become your best friend forever. And that was Chad Gilligan for me when I was starting off in youth ministry. For one, just I've always loved your heart. You know, we, we were buddies in the dorm, but you're your wit, uh, your intelligence. I mean, I was already a Chad fan, but when I found out that you could play the guitar and I was, yes, desperate for worship leader, 
I didn't see it as a, we were getting by. I, I thought I had Hillsong. I really thought that I just had, you know, the, the best of the best. So you were you a blessing. You, you thought you had Hillsong. What you had was caveman. It was, <laughs> not, uh, it was rough. But I'll also say this, and, and uh, um, you know, I did, before, before in this role, two different churches, we served nine years in children's ministry. And I kind of blame you for that a little bit because um, I remember you coming to me and saying, man, I need somebody to teach junior high Sunday school. And I'm in Bible college. I'm like, oh, I'll, do it. I'll teach junior high Sunday school. And they were great, like awesome group of kids. But one, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, they like ate my lunch. Like I, I was close. And I remember walking out of there and going, I was not called to youth ministry. And their <laughs> kids ministry was the course that uh, came out of that. And I had that same feeling, that same thought about a hundred times. So I, I can relate that. <laughs> junior high, a junior high boys study school class will do that to the apostle Paul, I believe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The whole thorn in the flesh thing right yeah. there. Yeah. And, uh, but I'll say this, and, and this is kind of a quick little promo. I can remember, you know, being, being in, in college and coming home from Wednesday nights, you know, would lead worship and, and Scotty would preach. And I can remember thinking, man, if I have to preach like that, I'm in the wrong business. Oh, um, Scotty, you are one of the most naturally gifted, you know, people don't know this, but Scotty, you're one of those guys that, I mean, you could walk up to somebody and go, you know, man, I just, your breath stinks. You're kind of <laughs> ugly. And I really don't like you. And people go, Oh man, thank you. I love you. I mean, you just, God has gifted you to be a phenomenal communicator. And we're honored that, you know, this, this will date this a little bit, but we've got coming up on May 16th, our parenting conference. And I know you and Casey will be joining us for that. And, uh, really stoked and, and honored that you're going to be speaking into the life of Calvary's parents and, um, well, you know, there'll be some information in the comments on this video where you can register for that conference, you know, it's supposed to be live. And then with all the coronavirus stuff, we had to postpone it. Now we're doing it all online, which actually is so cool because for five bucks, people not only get to do the conference that day, but everything will be recorded and they, they basically get a digital library of parenting resources. It's going to be you know, just super cool. So thanks for doing that, Scotty. We're oh, on it. Casey and I are, are really looking forward to it. You know, I say after 20 years of, of youth ministry, you know, you spend a lot of time with young people, a lot of time with parents, a lot of time working through family situations. And then you have your first one and you think, oh my goodness, I thought I was semi-prepared. Yeah. And so a, a, after six, what we have are a lot of stories and a lot of lessons and uh, we, we'll just be sharing from the overflow of our hearts, knowing that parenting is hard for all of us. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're in youth ministry 20, 30 years, we've had one child or, or six, but with Casey, my wife, we're really excited to be a part of it. And uh, we're looking forward just to sharing ideas. Awesome. Well, hey, man, give, give us a little insight into your life. If you, if, post, post Corona, like there's no, no restrictions, no social distancing on this. Um, you, you could design the perfect day. Like the day that at the end of it, you'd sit down and go, man, that was the best day. That was a perfect day. What would it look like? Oh, this is going to sound so boring. I mean, <laughs> right now they may, why tune into a conference with a guy who's that vanilla, just that plain <laughs> and that, but I, I think because of maybe the pace of, of our lives and uh, because of the fact that I travel quite a bit, I just want to stay home. 
Mm-hmm. And I would want to be with the people that I love more than anybody on the planet. And, you know, that's, that's my crew right here at the house. So that's one of the, the benefits to the last few weeks is that I haven't been able to travel. Yeah. I've been able to be here and it's just been uh, for me better than Disney world. So, I mean, a, a perfect day for me would be some great time with Jesus in the morning, uh, a fun brunch. Lately we, we stumbled onto the idea of once a week we're having crepes. So, Ooh. I mean, we're just like, oh my goodness! This, we we look forward to crepe day. We, on. <laughs> yes, some homemade crepe. So to having that kind of a brunch with just a good breakfast, maybe I get a good book in there at some point, you know, just to kind of get lost in it, and then maybe a a family walk, and uh, then something else that we've done. We, we haven't been glued to the tube of watching TV, but probably more than ever, I would say uh, three very consistently three, maybe four nights a week, we'll watch a documentary or we'll watch some type of movie. And at the end of it, my kids are finally at the age now to when we afterwards just kind of talk about it. That has been a blast for me. So yeah, so just to sit there and and watch it, uh, it may be fun, maybe not. But for me, the fun part has been we'll watch something and then afterwards to hear my kids talk about it, what their takeaways would be. So man, I would probably say that would be uh, my, my number one spot. That's a pretty good day, man. That's yeah. a that's a that's a really good day. You got any you got any recommendations for us to watch? Well, we went through the Chosen series. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if people have had a chance to check that out, but uh, we did, and then went through it again. Oh. Uh, and so the conversations that that sparked have been amazing. And so yeah, that that that, that was probably our our, our favorite that that uh that we were locked in with but then there have been others that we just maybe more on a historical side okay you know, and then you're in this new one what is it? the last dance the scotty gibbons story is that is that the uh that's me i'm kind of scotty pippen play like jordan look like steve kerr so i i don't know how that maybe makes its way into the documentary i haven't seen that yet but i've heard a lot about it i, I haven't seen it yet either but i want to check it out because a ton of memories right i mean we can we can connect oh, right. to yeah. oh yeah I just Blast need to carve out the time. So you, you've had a unique perspective, Scotty, to be able to watch, I would say, from both both the part of a team side as well as the leadership side, like leading through different seasons of challenge, difficulty, crisis. Uh, we're, we're in something like that right now. And I'm sure that there's certain things that, that you're pulling up or that you're thinking through. And um, I guess the the question is, what what does it mean to lead through a crisis? And, you know, I, I, what's interesting is whenever I ask this question to somebody, I think there's certain people who go, well, I'm not a pastor, or I don't have my own business, or I don't this or that. I mean, in your home, you're leading. Like, right. In your own life, you're leading. So, honestly, crisis times require, I think, a a, a muscle that we don't use all the time or mm. we don't realize we do right so what for you what's it mean to lead through a crisis that's a great thought well and even love that you uh really contextualize the question for the fact that it's applicable for all of us so it, it, if at the most basic sense leadership is influence we all have influence so if you are a mom a dad a brother a sister you you have influence if you're a doctor right now you have major influence you know so I love the way you you framed it. And I would say for all of us, when we're in a crisis and because we're all influencers, I think it is a great opportunity to say, God, how are you wanting me to use my influence? You know, so I think uh, whether it's crisis or not, but especially in crisis, probably the starting point 
for me, it's just that dependence on the Lord, that acknowledgement of even if it wasn't a crisis, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to lead. I don't know how to problem solve, you know, with my limited thinking and understanding. But especially in something where it's a pandemic, you're getting real-time data on a daily basis. The problems are complex. You're balancing health, public safety, freedom, uh, the economy, all of these things above my pay grade, right? But what does it mean to lead through a, a crisis? I think for all of us to just begin with this, this prayer that says, Lord, I pray that you would fill me with the knowledge of your will hmm. through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, right? Paul's praying in Colossians chapter one, just this acknowledgement of, Lord, I can't do anything without you. But then I think that there's a place for all of us as leaders to walk uh, not only with a personal peace, because of the fact we've lifted our eyes above the crisis and we put our eyes on the Lord, which as Christ followers, we know this, right? Like this whole thing is stacked. I mean, this, this, is, this is really a rigged deal. Like we, we already know to whom we're anchored. We already know how this whole thing plays out. I mean, it's such a, you know, spoiler alert, this all ends with us, with Jesus forever in heaven. Like this is a great deal. So as we're going through the process of the crisis, there's a personal peace that we have as influencers. But then I think this intentionality of being conduit of peace or hope. So instead of feeling pressure to have all of these truth bombs or wisdom, you know, or, or nuggets that we're just going to, you know, shower on people and rain down all of this insight, I think even bigger than that and better than that is when people are uncertain or they are facing hardship because it's real, losing jobs, battling with health issues, you know, whatever it would be. When they look into the eyes of someone who has peace and brings hope, to me, that's one of the greatest things a leader can do in a crisis. So whether it's the president trying to impart that to a nation whether it's a general trying to impart it to his troops, whether it's a coach to his players, whether it's a, a mom and dad to their children. Like when this whole thing hit, we circled up as a family and I'm like, I'm curious what you guys are hearing about this. And man, between my 17 year old down to my five year old, the answers were hilarious, but they were all over the board. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like, this is, this is the, the end of the world. You know, this is, uh, some conspiracy, you know, theories were about, I mean, it's just crazy, all the stuff that was coming out. But I loved hearing because what I was trying to do as a dad is to get out in front and influence and shape the way they were going to process this crisis. And so it's like, so let's just assume that for a minute, this is some predetermined attack. Somebody's trying to like sabotage the world. Let's just go, let's just play that out for a minute. So then what are we supposed to do? What's that going to affect tonight? Should we eat dinner or not? <laughs> Can we still watch this movie or not? You know, well, I think we probably should. Okay, great. So, so we're good. What about this one? Man, I think so. It was fun just to walk through and see. But what I felt like my role in that moment was not to say, well, actually, guys, I've got it all figured out. And here's how exactly this thing's going to play out over the next week. It's just like, man, we don't know. But here's what we do know. And so now, as they continue to hear through friends or through you know, news or just whatever, they're processing it through that filter. I feel like that was my role as a leader. And I think all of us have that ability to bring hope, to bring peace, to be a, a, a stabilizing factor in the friends around us that God brings into our world. That's how we influence the world. Man, that's a good word. Hey, can I, 
can I ask a question, you know, here, like I, I have a very real memory, Scotty, of standing in the doorway of your dorm room and you being on your bed and, and me just knowing that you were in pain, like mm. with, with your back. Mm-hmm. You, you probably thought I was going to go for a joke here. Sorry. <laughs> I did. I thought you were saying <laughs> Oh, he took a turn there. I was. But, and just remembering, like, and, and I guess my question is, I know, I know there's been seasons in your life where you've gone through disappointment, but allowed God to use that disappointment to maybe bring direction. I don't know if I'm, I'm asking this the right way. There's a lot of people watching this who their plans for March, April, May of 2020 did not look like this. Mm-hmm. And they're wrestling with disappointment. If you had a word for people who aren't getting what they wanted yeah. and trying to figure out what do I do with these cards that I've been dealt, do you have any encouragement for them? Yeah, I, I, I believe that I do. Cause man, yeah, you, you threw me cause I thought you were setting me up for a joke. Sorry. <laughs> Instead you went to the core of my heart. Uh, just on on the thought of personal pain or personal disappointment is something that is it is a major part of my life and has been for you know quite a while now. So did injure my back playing football. I've had four back surgeries uh, since then. So confused early on going into ministry because I thought that God wanted me to use sports or athletics to be a platform for ministry. So that was my yes to the call of God is I believe God has allowed uh, me to be an athlete, to use that to tell people about Jesus. So when I hurt my back and I can no longer play sports or football, I think in my, I know it sounds silly now, but at the time in my mind, there goes my ministry. I thought, why would anybody want to listen to me? Why, how am I going to have any kind of an impact? So very confused very disappointed, very discouraged. And, and then you add on top of that, that's just the journey of it. So that would have been, you know, about 30 years ago. Now yeah. it's crazy yeah. to say, but when that injury took place and so to then have to adjust life to realize that after four back surgeries, I'm living with pain that outside of Jesus doing a miracle is not going to go away. So now not only can I not, run up and down the football field. Uh, I can't stand up for very long. So even you referencing that, you saw me in college, I usually would stay flat, horizontal, because it would hurt to stand up too long. So a lot of times when I preach, I have to sit down in a chair, uh, you know, hate, hate airplanes, all that stuff. So I'm probably going deeper into this than, than you want me this to is, do, but This is helpful for people, honestly. Okay. All right. So, so you got the discouragement, the confusion piece, but then you just got the pain, the I believe that God heals. I've prayed for people to be healed and they were healed, which, you know, as you're praying, you kind of want to be like, you know, (laughs) what did I say exactly when you felt the power of God? You know, it's just, it's confusing. It's a mystery and uh, it's humbling, you know, because you're, you're getting on an airplane and, and this is like real, like literally Casey, my pregnant wife, there we are on the, on the airplane and she's lifting my bag to put it in the overhead compartment and you've got guys just looking at you like what a loser of a husband you know you just want to grab the the mind be like okay let me explain this to everybody I've had for you know but you can't and so that times a million on a daily basis so it's humbling 
it's, uh, it's frustrating to still today be living with the pain that your life really becomes in a lot of ways centered around it. So can I bring some hope and encouragement? I believe that I can in the sense that, that I have learned and I'm learning a lot about what it means to find that his grace really is sufficient to be more than something on a coffee mug or a magnet on a refrigerator, but to daily realize he gives me each day what I need to do what he's called me to do. We tend to think in terms of destination. God thinks in terms of development, you know, or process. And he's teaching me so much through this to where I wish that I was free from the pain, but I can say this so sincerely. I would not trade my physical condition or the healing that I'd like to have for what he's teaching me through the process. That sounds like a preacher ought to say something like that, but I'm just telling you from my heart, like it's really, really true. And uh, it doesn't make it easier per se, except for the fact when you can attach purpose to your pain, mm -hmm. it does make it a bit more bearable. So not to lose sight of just the fact that um, those scriptures that we memorize, Romans chapter eight, we know that in all things, God is working together for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose. In the midst of this, I know that God is at work. Even when I can't see it, when I can't feel it, I know that he's at work. And this is short term. Like, right? I mean, this is short term. Even if I live to be 100, at some point it's over. And the reward that awaits me, you know, the freedom that awaits me is so worth the trial of the moment. So I would just encourage people that when you're in the midst of it, God hasn't forgotten about you. His, his silence doesn't represent his absence. You know, just because you, you haven't experienced the manifestation of a physical healing or freedom from pain doesn't mean he's not your healer. Doesn't mean he's not right there with you. He is the devil's the one who wants to get our eyes off of Jesus and onto our pain. So I feel like it's more preachy than I'm trying to share it right now. But, uh, but all that stuff is real to me. I mean, it, it, it really is. He's, he's faithful. Well, and thank you, like, I mean, for, for taking that deep dive there, because I would say now more than ever, those things, I, I, think, I think some people are always there, like when you look at the population, right? That there's, there's people who are wrestling with something that they, whether they call it big or small in that sense. Man, a lot of us right now are looking at certain things and whether it be the sports season we didn't have or the graduation we didn't get or the vacation we couldn't take or the, you know, you, you name it, the things that, that we've lost um, on all kinds of scales, you know? And so thanks, man. That, that, that's a, that's a word of, of just honest encouragement. And um, yeah, I'm honored that you shared it. Yeah. And it's true. And, and I would just say, and here's another preacher cliche for you, but the whole setback versus setup thing, mm -hmm. like that's what I've experienced. Like it, at the time it felt like it was such a setback and I thought there goes my platform, but through just God teaching me along the way, it's just that God was showing me what if sports was not your platform, but what if your pain becomes a platform mm -hmm. to where people aren't cheering because you're, you're so great on the field, but instead they just see Jesus in your weakness. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, I like the first one better. You know, <laughs> How about we go there? But the truth is that we all struggle. We all hurt. And if, if we can somehow just be a, a, a living example of here's what it looks like for God's grace to be sufficient. Thank you, God, that you would trust me with such an assignment. Wow. And uh, I wish it wasn't the case, but I can't believe that he allows me just to show his 
strength being made perfect in my weakness. But that's the way, you know, if people just be encouraged, he, he is setting you up. I mean, you, you lose a job. It's not derailing God's plan for your life. He's still your provider. That's He's good. still going to take care of you. So just know he is at work. And in due season, you, you will look back and you will realize, oh, okay, that's my whole, the trajectory of my life was shifted by not continuing in sports. And I look back and go, I can't believe the life that God's blessed me with. Wow. 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 So, so uh, we've talked college. Let me, let me push you back to kindergarten for a minute, if that's okay. Oh my. I do remember show and tell. Yeah. One of my favorites. You don't happen. I mean, sometimes we'll ask folks on here, like you, you don't have anything you could show us, do you? Like maybe a little object that means something that you could kind of pull out and give us a show and tell you got anything. Well, I'm, I'm in my office, and then I didn't come prepared for show and tell. Oh, okay. And so I'm I, I, I do, I do have my my little uh, coffee mug here. Oh, big big daddy. So that that would be maybe show and tell of uh, yeah, my my <laughs> the father of six. Yep, there you it know, is. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. That's not what we called you back in college, but uh, I think you just picked up a new nickname. So that's a good, uh, that's, that's a good thing right there. So it's going to go with the baseball that I see across the room over there. That, that was my first home run. Doesn't go back to kindergarten, Ooh. but my first home run. My son Jordan found it the other day, so I should have I should have held up the baseball, Chad. How old? How old? First home run? Do you remember? Um, I don't. But the but hey, I'm going to get the ball. This is showing. <laughs> I love the reading of the screen. I love it. This is kindergartens like this. You just kind of. Yeah, this is kindergarten. Clayton's thinking, what are you guys doing? Nadia, I want you to go to your cubby and go. <laughs> That's what it is. I was 10 back. years old. 10 okay. years old. My 10 year old first home run signed by the commissioner of the league himself, Don Frazier. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, hey, do you have, like, here's kind of a, a another kind of funny question, but do you have any hidden talents? Is there, is there anything about you that, uh, a lot of people wouldn't know, but uh, it's kind of a cool little hidden talent. Man, I don't know if this is a hidden talent or a buried uh, <laughs> long time ago uh, treasure that does no longer exists. But back in the day, I was a pretty mean break dancer. I mean, I was yeah. third I place in the junior high talent show. If that doesn't give you, you know, at least some idea that I had the skills to pay the bills. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. I wanted to quit football in my eighth grade year to become a professional break dancer. And the truth was that I really sunk in football that year because I was young. I was kind of, I got, you know, the low man on the totem pole. So I told my dad I wanted to quit playing football because I wanted to be a New York City breaker, big time money maker. And uh, <laughs> he didn't let me chase my dreams, but somehow God used it. So even there's, there's that old disappointment thing again. There it is again, keeps I, creeping up. I, I will say this, like there, there were people that I met that year that I lived on Horton ground and, you know, I think of you, I think of Webb, I think of Pete, I think of that literally like had a, had an effect for me that just being around you guys that, that was, so like when you just dropped, you know, skills to pay the bills, like Scotty has a way, like Scotty, I picked up from you this phrase, man, I'm set like a jet and have, <laughs> have claimed that as, as my own and you did so much funny. over the years but, you know, prior to being on Horton Ground with you guys, if somebody had said, hey, man, you need anything? I would have said, no, I'm thoroughly prepared. Like, that's what I would have said. But, <laughs> man, then little energy came in. And now, hey, how you doing? Man, I'm not like a jet. Like, yeah, so thank come you. on. Before you, I did not have the skills to pay the bills. But yeah. now, 
Uh, there you go. I tell you who else? Yeah, Pete would have some. Webb would have some, and uh, John Wagner had some yeah. lines like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. Those were uh, those were fun days. So, hey, just just a couple more questions. Like, if you had to just, and I, it doesn't have to be even super spiritual. Like, like in this season, I think it's important that people step back enough to go, okay, what am I, what am I learning right now? Like, what open my eyes and, and see what's going on around me right now. Like if you had to just maybe throw out a thought, like in this season, this really weird time that we're in, is there anything that you're learning that you're kind of like, huh, this is, this, this is meaningful to me. Yeah. I think so for me, it's been a fantastic reminder of what really matters. Hmm. Like I mean, call it priority. Um, man, I, I would just say this has been a great uh, kind of just wake up call, maybe, I don't know. Um, and I don't feel like I had derailed before COVID-19, but nothing's quite like a pandemic to cause you to look around and go, was I spending my time the best way? You know, was that? And so I would say what really matters. And uh, I think it revealed a lot in me as a person. I think it's revealed a lot in my marriage. I feel like it's revealed a lot in the way that I'm parenting that I look at and go, that wasn't my best. <laughs> that was the busyness and the craziness just of life allows a lot of things to go unnoticed or undealt with. And so I think this has been a great learning season for me, reminder and revelation and awareness of what really matters. And then I would say something that I believe God's really been doing in me as well with that is, is just the sense of urgency because when you walk into Walmart, you feel like it's the end of the world. <laughs> You're like, it's, are we mid-trib right now? Is that what's going on? Is this, did I miss the, 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 the whole trumpet thing? Did I miss? But I mean, you know, we're surrounded just by headlines or sound bites or just you can't even buy toilet paper, you know, or whatever is going on that, that you just go, man, life on this earth is pretty short and it can turn on a dime. So be it the rapture or just be it some type of, you know, your heart just stops beating. It's like, what matters? And am I living like that? Mm. So does my life really reflect my answer to that question? Mm. So is there a sense of urgency to love those that we say that we love, uh, to care for those that we see we care about, to reach those who desperately need Jesus right now? And am I maximizing my life to do that? So uh, those would be the biggest ones that have caused me to kind of take a, take a step back and say, I think I can step up my game there. That's good. That's good. Two, two more quick things, Scotty. One, like, you know, especially for folks at Calvary, I, I want to encourage them. And in a season like this, where you may either have the time or maybe even the, the need to be putting some like healthy things into your mind and into your spirit, like some places they can find that, like, you know, you, you can only listen to Chad Gilligan sermons for so long. Right. And so, uh, so, but if, if, if somebody wanted to, check out and maybe hear some of the messages that, that, uh, that you've shared or, or, you know, I, I would encourage you to do that. Um, I, I know you, you have been given a unique opportunity to be able to communicate in a lot of different places that, that might not fit what, what some people might think of a normal pastoral model, which has been super cool. But if, if somebody from Calvary wanted to, to, to keep up with Scotty, what would they do? Well, they could go to a very outdated website <laughs> that hasn't been touched, I think, in about five years. Uh, but that would be probably maybe the best archive, maybe on some messages. So it'd just be Scotty, 
uh, it'd be scottygibbons.com. So they could go there. But if they did just Google sermons by or whatever, there would be a, a number of churches that it's just been fun to be a part of. So I'd be a part of their preaching team. And so some of them let you search by speaker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, social media stuff might have a little bit, but yeah, I, I need to update that website. I, somebody told me that the other day, just like yesterday, somebody was asking this question and I was like, ah, oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> it's all good. All good. Hey, last question. How can we pray for you? Thank you for asking that. Uh, I would say probably the biggest piece would be for wisdom. Uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned just the piece of wanting to grow as a husband and as a dad, uh, because I just want to win there. You know, I, I'm going to fail at stuff, but I don't want to fail to walk with Jesus. And I don't want to fail to be a, a good husband to my wife and, and dad to my kids. But man, I, I don't bat a thousand. And this season has really just encouraged me to be like, man, with my wife, I want to be a better listener. You know, I, and, and I've worked on that. For, I knew that since uh, Gary Brugman, right, Chad? You know that, but just, in the, I need wisdom to know best how to lead a team, how to lead the church where I'm serving right now, wisdom on how to be a dad through a season like this. So I would just ask you, please pray that, that God would give me wisdom to be who he wants me to be and to do what he wants me to do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, can we pray with you? Would that Please, be all right? Thank so, you. Father, I thank you for Scotty. I thank you for his friendship. And uh, God, I thank you for um, the influence that he's had, not just on my life, but on so many others. And Father, I ask that in Jesus' name, you would uh, come alongside he and Casey and in this season as they're leading their family. God, as you're giving him a voice into uh, uh, the churches that you've allowed him to speak into. Father, I, I pray that you would let him know your grace and your strength. Lord, your word clearly says that if we need wisdom, we're to ask for wisdom. And so for Scotty and with Scotty, God, we ask for your wisdom in this time, Lord, that you would help us to see and know who you've called us to be and how to, how to do our very best to honor you in those ways. God, I thank you for these words today. May they, may they settle deep in our hearts and make an eternal difference in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Scotty, thank you, man. This was a privilege. And uh, can't wait to uh, digitally have you with us at Calvary for the Parenting Conference coming up on May 16th. And then physically, uh, you know, you were, you were scheduled to speak that, that first Sunday, actually. Man, we had you scheduled to speak on a Sunday, and the, the governor was so worried about it, he shut oh, you. Oh, man. He just I'm telling that. you. And, uh, but uh, we're going to find another time when, uh, when life gets back to some normalcy and uh, can't wait to have you physically in mommy at Calvary. And uh, so my friend, thanks for doing this. Sure. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. Thanks Scotty.